Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at ChairShot Radio Network in conjunction with... TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And please use your heads. We implore you. We beg of you. Tis the season. The holidays are upon us. You have a wrestling fan in your life. It might even be yourself. Why not gift yourself? You work hard. You live through this pandemic. We got a month left. I think you'll be all right. Reward yourself by going to the website, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Show some love for your favorite website with news, reviews, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Again, by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. We've got something for everybody reason for the season why because jesus did the job save tag team wrestling hashtag journalism and many many other cool designs again pro forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please i'm mr velvet pipes christopher platt as always i'm joined by the commissioner pc tunny mr Belas is on assignment but they weren't going to let me get away that easily of course we had to have a blast on this episode by hook or by crook so ladies and gentlemen you all know him from DWI Podcast. Put your hands together and show your love for Bob, brother of balls, also known as AJ Belaz. Thanks for coming on, man, and thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. I mean, yeah, of course. Since Andrew told me he was uh, off doing something, I went, eh, I might as well since I'm already home. So it's the least I can do for you guys. Well, we appreciate it, and I have to let everybody know, I don't have my normal equipment this week. We're having some renovations done at the Cranbrook condo, so we're holed up in this Airbnb for the next six days, and I don't have my normal equipement with me. Plus, there's a noise ordinance. That's the name of your sex tape. There's also a noise ordinance. I beg your pardon? That's the name of your sex tape. I, I don't have my normal equipment with me pop i could dig it but there's also a noise ordinance here in this uh, condominium unit and you know amber she's mad scary like she's already come in here one time saying i was too loud even though the noise ordinance doesn't start till 10 but that's why i'm a little more subdued today but it was so important for us to get a show out to our four listeners just because there's so much going on in the world of wrestling right now and we wanted to talk about it and we figured y'all wanted to hear what we had to say about it I mean, there's a whole lot going on, like you said, and, you know, we just got done with Dynamite, NXT's got war games going on later, so, I mean, we can all, we're all going to talk about that later, right? Who, who gives a shit? Let me, answer me truthfully, how many of you still have leftovers in your fridge from Thanksgiving, and how many of you actually had some of them today? It is actually Thursday, we're recording on Thursday this week, this episode will be released Friday, um, late morning, early afternoon, depending on what part of the country you live in. But gentlemen, answer me that question. 
Do you still have leftovers from Thanksgiving? And did you eat some of those leftovers today? My answer is yes and yes. And yes, I was happy about it. Go ahead. My answer was yes as well. But to be fair, we spent the actual holiday of Thanksgiving with a, a couple friends or friend couples. Not a couple friends, but a friends that are also a couple. Hey, how'd well, that go? I don't go? know how to uh, verbalize that at this point. <laughs> so I didn't do my thing. Our, we didn't do our Thanksgiving until Sunday. So how'd, yes and yes. How'd that go? Which one? Ours was great. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. Like ours on Sunday, it was fantastic, and we'll leave it at that. AJ. AJ. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There there were still leftovers. I'm pretty sure they're all gone by now, but I think there might be one, like, dinner roll after a cinnamon roll or something like that. So yes and yes on my end as well. How how did your brother come out with the turkey? Because I tried to give his goofy ass the advice on how to make it last year. He didn't listen to me, and he told me it was hella dry. So did he improve from last year's debacle? No, he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think made the turkey? (laughs) So you made the turkey. I, I, I did majority of the work but uh no he, he helped out around we had like a small little one that we uh went around and had so i'm i'm gonna be the asshole and take full credit but and uh, he helped well what is the majority of the work what are you talking about like he picked it up and put it in the the oven what the hell you mean you did the majority of the work yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> he went here yeah we got the turkey here you go okay i guess i have to Basting and everything. Fine. I'll be honest with you. The turkey is extensive and it takes a long time, and you kind of, I mean, there's a large majority of the time you don't have to really pay attention to it. But the person that does all the sides, mm. that does all the chopping and cutting and mixing and, uh, you know, all the different side things where you got like eight different ingredients for one thing, that's the person who did the real cooking for Thanksgiving. I'll tell you that. So now we know what PC's contribution to Thanksgiving was. <laughs> I, I did. I, I made I made seven layer salad for Thanksgiving. So there you go. All right, not bad. But before we get started, I have to know, man, what is a seven layer salad, and can you break down all seven layers for us? I can. So you're going to start with. You can take whatever size container you want, and there's no really cooking needed as far as making the dish preparing some of the ingredients or one of the ingredients you will need to either use the microwave or you can fry up the bacon on your own but i like to fry up the bacon and then put it in the microwave to make it even more crispy and we'll get to why shortly here but the recipe goes your choice of salad you can buy it in the bag or you can buy your mix your whatever lettuce and whatever kind of greens you like and you're going to fill whatever container you have about half an inch with that then you're going to chop up um, celery, throw that up on top of there. Uh, green peppers, that's going to go on top of there. Then you're going to take peas and you're going to cover it like with a sheet of peas where it's not too deep or three deep, it's just you can't see anything but peas, right? So now that's four layers. Now we're going to spread mayonnaise, a layer of mayonnaise, so we can only see the white of the mayonnaise. Then I like to sprinkle some red onion, chopped up, finely chopped up red onion on top of that. Then we got uh, sharp cheddar uh, shaved cheese over the top of that. And then you take that bacon that you fried up and you made extra crunchy in the microwave and you crumble it up and you have bacon crumble on the top of it. 
Not to mention before you do anything above the mayonnaise, you do a light coating of sugar on there. So it's a it's an excellent, excellent treat. It's not a very healthy salad, but it tastes fucking great. <laughs> so so I gotta ask AJ, so uh was your, your lady friend, did she enjoy Thanksgiving with you and your brother? No, she did not. So, so I, I cooked a little bit for Andrew and I and then I went to my mother's house because if you check the last DWI, because she was all happy that she was the title. Yeah, Aaron, she was. Where thank you, Thanksgiving. That. I thought it was going to be Aaron Gobrales. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was that was later. So but, okay, um, so, you went, so you went to your mom's house. So that means yeah. that you got your cheesy <laughs> potatoes. And I know, Tony. I, I know you got your cheesy potatoes because you were with family as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, was over by, by <laughs> uncle's house. You know this joke though. That's why you pointed at me, Tuddy. Yes, my the so so the the joke is Adam. I always joke about how white women can hook the shit out of some cheese and potatoes. That that that's they one the Rice Krispie treats and cheesy potatoes. It, it's any dish that involves cheese and potatoes. White women are gonna knock that shit out. We the didn't park. we didn't have cheesy potatoes. Wow, what? we had extra super. What? We had extra super cheesy macaroni and cheese, which is some of the my. It's probably in the top three macaroni and cheeses I've ever had, and my cousin makes it, who's twenty six, which is crazy. And he's a guy. <laughs> you feel compelled to uh, throw that last detail in there, huh? No, I'm just you know saying. You some no, like <laughs> no, he's yeah. a heterosexual. He's a he's a heterosexual baseball player who never cooked in his life and and like the last three years he's made mac and cheese for thanksgiving and it's some of the best mac and cheese i've ever fucking had i'm just saying it's just not very stereotypical of that person right so anyway what no that's fair but yeah i'm no judgments here man because i'm i'm the chef of the household and i'm I'm clearly a heterosexual male so yeah no no judgments See the Hell. thing that I took offense with was how old did you say he was? Because that was the that was the thing that I took to heart when you were, how old? Listen, usually people whatever their sexual orientation, gender uh, is when they're twenty four years old and they've never cooked basically in their entire life and they take on something like a staple like mac and cheese and it turns into one of your top three when you actually like enjoy food and have gone to nice restaurants and 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 have had food from different parts of the country and things of that nature and know what good food is like that's pretty impressive for someone of that nature that that's young that hasn't experienced things like that (sighs) okay i'm I'm just saying for for a heterosexual 24 year old myself i'm i've been told that i make some good shepherd's pie and whatnot so kind of take a little offense to that (laughs) I'd have to you try. You have your brother's side, like that's your brother's side oh, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Y'all literally oh, have you're... the same side. How, how's that even possible? This is gonna that's feel that side that makes me want to choke slam <clears throat> your brother. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> this episode's gonna feel very weird for you, Platt. Very weird. You're used to this by now. So oh yeah, you know all the stages I'm about oh, to get. Yeah, I know. Right? Well, I, I know. I'm usually me, in like the distance listening. To me, they're very. <laughs> to me, they're very different, but. To you, they'll seem very similar because you haven't worked with both of them extensively. <laughs> Fair enough, man. We've talked enough about food. I'm getting hungry, so before I go make me a plate and pass out from itis, let's go ahead and get to topic one. TheChairShot.com Always use your head. 
So now let's go back to 1979. The title was born in Rio de Janeiro. That's in Brazil for some of you that don't know much about uh, geography. And that's when Pat Patterson won the North American and South American heavyweight championships. Those championships were then merged and became known as the Intercontinental Championship. Hence, Pat Patterson was our inaugural champion. Now, Patterson's legacy is largely attributed to the fact that he was the first Intercontinental Champion, and that made him a first ballot WWE Hall of Famer as he was inducted in 1996. From San Francisco, California, weighing 248 pounds, Pat Patterson. Pat just has a feel for this business like nobody else. This industry is emotion. It's controlling a crowd. It's how people are going to react, and it's, it's getting that emotion out of them. And that's where Pat's greatest talent lies, is he feels it from the crowd, and he feels that emotion and where they're going to go. He didn't speak English, and he learned everything he could to make a name for himself, to become a, a wrestler all over the world. And even at a young age, was helping everyone else's match. When the full-time headliners see things like that, they want to work with you. And then the more you work with them, the more you learn. Pat Patterson basically trained and taught anybody over the last 20 or 30, maybe even 40 years, about the psychology of how to put together a match. He said this very many times, we're friends, but he goes, I don't care that we're friends. I don't want to be your friend. I care about the business, and I care about what's great and what's special and he's always trying to help me out and that's why he does what he does. 90% of what I know about putting together a match is from Pat. Pat's impact is felt in all of those guys and so many greats of this business. His impact in this business will be felt long after he's gone. Gentlemen, I, I would like to take a, just a quick 10 seconds, a moment of silence for one of the greatest wrestling minds uh, in the history of the business. All right, Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson is such an onion, and I mean that in the best way because there are so many layers to Pat Patterson, um, whether it's in the ring, whether it's teaching talent, whether it's his own personal um, obstacles that he's had to face, being the person that he is in the era that he was. Um, I mean, we we all know what what was it Legends House where where is that where like he actually came out publicly, but a lot of people knew that he was he was he was gay, right? And in a time where you didn't really talk about that at all, so a pioneer in that way, he's the first ever Intercontinental Champion. Um, I didn't I didn't really know uh, that the North American champ heavyweight championship and the South American heavyweight championship were united into that belt that's pretty cool that makes that even more impressive um I, i'm disappointed in myself i didn't know that but he, he loved to sing karaoke and he loved to tell stories and he loved to uh he loved to teach and he loved to show people how to 
have a match and how to get the crowd involved in the match and, and psychology. I mean, he's probably your, your, you know, your number one professor in wrestling as far as psychology goes and how to get the people involved into a match. I, yeah, I, I couldn't have said that um, any better. And I think that another cool thing about that Intercontinental title tournament, I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was held in Mexico. And they had wrestlers from all over the world to, can, to combine those titles. I think so it was held in cool tidbit. I think it Rio. I think it was in Rio, actually. Oh, Brazil. Brazil. I beg your pardon. I, okay, my bad. Brazil. But uh, And as far as him coming out on that Legends House show, I mean, it, everybody knew that Pat Patterson was gay. I mean, we, you know... I, openly heard them talk about forgot his name in my head you know alcohol is a hell of a drug but everybody knew they they did that because that show appeared when the network was first starting up so they were trying to do that to get some ratings and to generate some buzz for the show and stuff like that and I understand that's TV shit but everybody knew but just kind of seconding what Tunney said you know back then in the 50s and 60s it wasn't homosexuality wasn't as widely as ex- accepted as it is today so to be an openly gay man in a sport that isn't the most politically correct to begin with, but to gain universal respect, that, that says something about the man himself, because he probably would bust your ass. Um, I don't know much about his wrestling, because, you know, that was before my time, but where he really resonates with me is, well, number one, if you enjoyed anything, and when I say anything, I literally mean anything about 80s, rock and wrestling Hulkamania era WWF there's a better than 95% chance that Pat Patterson had his hands all in that pie so for that reason as, as well he's, he was known as one of the better finished men in the history of the business he put a lot of those great matches together that you like just for example I know he put together Warrior and Hogan at Wrestlemania 6 in Toronto and that that's just one but that's really where his impact really resonates with me just because that's you know that's my era and he was even there into the 90s and he was still a great performer in the 90s him and jerry briscoe who was another tough guy they were playing the stooges during the attitude era when the mr mcmahon character started to pop off they did a hell of a job with that and legend doesn't even do this man justice It, it really doesn't and we could be here for the remainder of this show trying to list all this guy's accolades and everything that he's meant to the business on a personal note he actually gave me one of my more funny, unintended moments of humor in the last three years. If uh, you guys have ever seen that Andre the Giant documentary that aired on HBO that Bill Simmons put together, Pat's only in it for one, maybe two segments? I, I can't even remember the second. But he's got this oil painting. I'm assuming they're in his house. And there's this oil painting above him where he's wearing this white polo. And the funny thing to me was, if you pan down to him while he's being interviewed, he's wearing that exact same white polo that's in the oil painting right above him. I don't know, that just tickled me. But yeah, this is a big loss in wrestling. I wish he was a little bit younger and he could still be more hands-on with the current product because there's a lot that they lost with him not being there from day to day. Not only would Vince listen to him and respected his opinion, he knew what he was doing so this is a major loss street and r.i.p to pat patterson uh aj i don't know how much how familiar you are with pat patterson because you're a little bit younger than us but please share your thoughts well i mean as you said i'm a little bit younger so i only knew him as the backstage guy and 
of course when I was little and you know we were still watching WCW and WWE have their little war we saw the Stooges like you said in the late 90s for the Miss McMahon character so people my age and their mid 20s and whatnot probably don't remember Pat Patterson that well but I mean as they even said in the little vignette where everyone says like the little things that Pat Patterson did to help them with the match or make sure things go smoothly he's better known for his backstage stuff because he's basically the old saying of if you love what you're doing you're never going to work a day in your life because he loved that business he loved actually making sure that talent kept going forward and we still had wrestling from all the way in the 60s to now so he basically revitalized wrestling for all of us where like you said he dabbled with Warrior and Hogan Stooges gimmick and even some stuff in the early 2000s and whatnot. so he's just that polarizing of a figure that I know that we all said you know since he came out on Legends House and everything but it that that's not what defines Pat Patterson really what defines him is basically the brain the genius that he had with the wrestling business that he can still be remembered today not just as the first intercontinental champion but one of the great backstage hands ever in wrestling not just wwe and really isn't that really what equality means like you're not defined by you know who you are per se you're just a person and this is what I tell people all the time, and I, I didn't think I was going to get on this tangent, but I'm just going to go here. I tell people this all the time, man. One of the problems that we have as a society is that we focus so much on our differences when we have much more similarities than differences, just based on the the pure fact that we're the exact same species. I mean, you think uh, black bears and, and polar bears got beef because one of them is black and the other one is white. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? But that, that that's one of the things, and you know, once we create a connection from the the similarities that we have, the differences, that's what we're supposed to find interesting about each other. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I didn't want to get there. I didn't want to get on my soapbox, but I just felt like that needed to be said because just, you know, piggybacking off of what you said. And Louie, that was the name of his significant other, which he, he was a barber up in Connecticut, and he actually passed away, shoot, a long time ago now, but that was, that was his significant other. But I'm just going to reiterate this because I can't say this enough. If you were a fan of the WWF in the 80s, if there was anything that you ever liked in the WWF in the 80s, heading into the 90s, there's a 95% chance, and that's probably cutting it low, that Pat Patterson had his fingers in that pie. So, so just for that alone, you got to give the man his props. And we're not going to do him justice here. And you're going to hear this on a lot of wrestling podcasts as well because he just he was such a monumental figure. But rest in power, Pat Patterson. What else needs to be said? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
TNT for the first time. Oh my God, since 2001. 18 years. The last match of TNT was Sting beating Ric Flair. And now the Stinger is here on AEW. Mark it down. Wednesday night, December the 2nd, 2020. This crazy year has just gone insane. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah, fuck, fuck all that sad shit, man. All right, Pete Pat Patterson. Let's get to the fun shit, man, because this has been a fun week in wrestling. And I popped so hard just to hear Tony Schiavone. Yo, Sting! It's Sting! Oh, my God. So I wanted to start this topic by giving you a, a real quick overview of, of, of how I came to know Kenny Omega won the title and Sting was on AEW. So... I had recorded it Wednesday because I wasn't able to watch it. And when I went to watch it this morning, I accidentally looked, for some reason, hit. I'm looking at my phone, and for some reason, I hit my shortcut to one of the dirtiest, filthiest of sheets for no reason at all. I'm not trying to find spoilers, and I see that Kenny Omega won the title, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, that spoiled that for me. I guess I'll still go through it, right? But then I still got Sting out of it. Now, I am kind of not as excited about it as you guys, so go ahead and take over. AJ, please, the floor is yours, sir. Well, I mean, I wasn't enthusiastic at first when I saw it, because I'm like... Oh great, AEW doing the thing that they said. God that they damn, you copy. you really are your brother's brother. I said at first. I did say at first. But I I'm fine with it now. I'm coming to it. I'm like, all right, it it's better this way because one WWE wasn't gonna clear him. I mean, look at Daniel Bryan and Edge. It took him. It took Daniel Bryan like three or four years to come back from his neck thing. An edge eight or nine, so th there was no way they were gonna clear Sting because it was oh you're just a legend again. Yeah, no, Sting's good now. Sting's healthy. He can wrestle. A small second one. Yeah, I was about to say keep going, man, because I'm about to take this shot. <laughs> a small second thing. That theme is dope. <laughs> that theme is so good. It reminds me of his WCW with a little bit of more metal to it. Love that. Well, it was definitely better than that bullshit theme that uh, WWE tried to put out when he came yeah. over there. Which you you have the rights to the 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 the, the righteous shit that he had in WCW during the Crow. That shit, I go back and listen to that shit on YouTube sometimes just because I think it's that fire. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. That's why I'm like, all right, I love the theme because it sounds like a better version of well, I can't say better but it's a it's a good remix of the crow theme and third Tony Schiavone made that entire debut amazing because you could actually hear the excitement in his voice he was like holy shit I get to call sting for like the first time in 18 years and he sounded just like he did in 97 when he came down from the rafters and beat the NWO that's the most excited he sounds since he's been involved with AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Tony Schiavone, man. Nobody has ever... No, I can't say that because Jeff Jarrett is the master, but Tony Schiavone does less and gets paid more. But I I'm 
I'm just happy that he's back in wrestling because I, I don't know if you know this, Adam, but your brother and I, that's one of the, the, the main reasons we ended up bonding and becoming friends. Two reasons. We both loved Jusher Thunder Lager, and we were both WCW guys over WWE. Really? So, yes. So, yeah, so we were I both here was, for Shivani's uh, re- revival. I thought it was and three, the alcohol. I thought it was three things. I butt chug salt water all the time. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> he had and to he find still comes on to the show. He had to find his goofy ass into the show somehow, subway, right? Somehow. <laughs> so, I'm going to give you guys my live reactions to when I saw Stink appear on AEW. This is literally my initial thoughts I... when I saw that oh, happen. Oh, okay. Alright, good. You're going to give us your initial thoughts as far as your live reaction. I literally just said that. Why would, would you waste air time? No, no, no. You said you, you said you were going to give us your live reaction and then you you finished it with your you know your 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 thoughts live thoughts but i i thought maybe we were gonna get like facial expressions together with the i thought thing. no no i thought maybe we we're gonna get facial expressions like your live reaction facial expressions and i was like that's bad podcasting he's not gonna do that and then i thought maybe we were gonna get like orally your your live reaction and then i'm like that might not be really good either because it could just be like oh and then sting and then yeah but i think this is gonna be a lot better so let's do it you're you're really gonna act like you didn't know what the hell I was talking about. That's what we're doing here. You're gonna ruin it all. You're ruining everything right now. You are. You're ruining it. It's bad enough they can barely hear me, and I can only talk so loud because there's a noise ordinance in this motherfucker. And now you're just gonna ruin shit. I get I get better every week. <laughs> he gotta piss on his dreams, Tony. Come on. Every single he, week. He pisses on my just, dreams every week. Every week. You don't even think there's another I'm step aware. I can take, and I take it. I take it anyway. Maybe even two or three. Every week. I didn't even think I, I had any more piss and or vinegar left in me, but every week you find a way to take a little bit more out. It's actually a skill. I think you had a point to make. I did before I was so rudely interrupted. So this was my initial reaction when I saw Sting appear on AEW. Is that better, motherfucker? Thought-wise? Okay, just stop talking. Let me get All right. It was, oh shit! Followed by, why? See, this is what I was worried about. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> I'm just gonna go- make my points now. Just keep going. I'm sorry, I couldn't help I'm, myself. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna make my points uh. now. So obviously, being a WCW mark and a WCW kid, it was—it's always exciting to see Sting. Sting is awesome. Who doesn't love Sting? He's the icon. He's the legend. Everything they call him, yada, yada, yada. He's all of that. But he's 60-something years old with a bum neck. What is he really going to add to your product at this point in time? I mean, number one, I would be – I'm curious to – here and I don't know if it, it's going to come out because you know the the dirt sheets they're so uh, enthralled with AEW that they keep all of their shit under wraps as opposed to WWE and whatnot. But I would be I am dead ass curious, man, to find out how much money Tony Khan paid to get Sting in there because we all know Sting loves his money, which is why he spent so much time in TNA because they were cutting the checks. So why the hell not, right? I'm curious to see how much he paid to get Sting on there. 
and I don't know what he can do. Are they going to, Adam, you, you alluded to, you think he's going to wrestle, obviously. Because, I mean, it's not like he's the best orator in the world. He's never been the best orator in the world. So you're not going to put him, you know, in that, that Arn Anderson, that Tully Blanchard, that Taz position to go out there and, you know, cut promos for the talent. That, that's just not his bag. Maybe they can do this, you know, since this cinematic shit is popping right now, maybe they could do something like that. Like, I can certainly see something where Sting and, and, and Mr. Hardy cross paths or cross streams at some point in time in the future. But as much as I love Sting, I don't know if I want to see him wrestle at this point just because I don't want to see him hurt himself. It's kind of like the Taker thing. Like, you've given us years and years and decades of, of content that we can go back for nine ninety nine and go watch. At this point in time, A, you're not who you are anymore, and B, I worry about your health and your safety because I, I care about you as a... as a I can't say as a person because I don't know him as people, but just that character. It's, it's like seeing uh, uh, Ali get his ass beat by Larry Holmes or Trevor Burbick or something like that. Like you just don't want to see your heroes and these these people that you idolized growing up go out like that. I'm pretty sure you're right, AJ. He is going to get some sort of match and maybe they can pull it off like they did the ironically enough, the Hogan and Steam match. You know, when Hogan had the bum back. I, I can't I don't know if it was Hogan's last match, but I know it was one of one of his last matches and he didn't take a bump. It was just basically just a brawl. He didn't take a bump and it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad match, but I just don't want to see him get hurt. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, because I, I think that was Hogan's last actual wrestling match at that Bound for Glory, but I'm in the same boat where it's, I don't want to see Sting get hurt. We already know the whole buckle bomb thing and the neck and AEW is too fast-paced. Because, you know, they, they have to, I, not that they have to, but, well, you know, you see everyone fly and one bad bump and then there goes Sting's neck again. That That's a good point too, man. This I, I didn't mean to cut you off, man, but you Thank brought you. up a great point, so I had to cut you off. <laughs> but no, that's a that's a really good point, man, that, yeah, their action is so fast-paced and so new school, man. Where does he even fit in? I could see him being kind of a, and they alluded to that, him being somewhat of a mentor to Darby Allen. I mean, because it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to see that Jeff Hardy and Sting are Darby Allen's spiritual fathers in this game, right? I mean, more or less, yeah. But I can see him having a match with, like, Cody or maybe even Darby. So Darby's probably not going to do his, like, flipping stunner or anything like that. But I can see him doing a match like that and basically giving Darby, like, the torch. Like, yeah, you're the new face paint crazy person that's in this company. Here you go. But, again, I what you said i don't want to see sting get hurt again i don't want him to you know because i think it's a multi-year contract too yeah they i believe that's what i out read there. like what the hell does that even mean a multi-year contract i mean he's on deck for the upper room at this point he's what 60 61 that's like 186 in wrestler years <laughs> hey, as long as you're not terry funk don't tell terry funk that Oh, Terry but. Funk and Vince McMahon are going to outlive all of us. And Terry Funk, hell, if he could be wrestling somewhere right now, he probably would with his crazy ass. He'd been middle-aged and crazy for 60 years. <laughs> I mean, you know for you know for a fact it's going to be, I want to be, uh, it, one of them's probably going to say, no, nah, I want to be uh, cremated and put me in the turnbuckle pad. That way I'm still wrestling even today. Nice, Bob. Well, it's AEW, man, so they'll put the urn that one of the, 
the Miss cremated in into like the casino battle royal or some shit like that, and it'll fuck around and win the battle royal and get a title opportunity. <laughs> God, I can see that happening. That's the worst part. It's like the DDT heavyweight world belt that they have, All right, which we... ironically enough is an AEW. Can we play a little game? Sure. All right. This is this is in accordance to Sting. All right, and we'll let uh, we'll let AJ give the answer first, and then Platt give the answer second. There's going to be four of them, and they're all going to have to do with Sting. And you can give a one or two word answer. How would you describe for his career, Sting, the the character? I, I, my I have one word for that. I I say great. I mean to take off of my name, phenomenal. I don't even know what the hell you said. <laughs> what was the question? How would, how, just... how would you rate Sting's character? Oh. WCW's Hogan. Okay. Uh, his look or looks. I Once again, I would say great. Iconic. Relevant. All right. Uh, if that makes sense. As a as a worker, I would I would I would say decent. As a worker, uh, I'll take your word and say great. Good, good enough. His career Which is just a his a better way to say what Tony said. We're gonna go in opposite order this time. His career. Platt? Oh, shit. This is tough, man. This is tough. Um, His career. Carmelo Anthony. That's that's pretty Hall good. Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, we, that, got pretty, no, no, we got it. No, no, we got it. That's, that's we got good, it. Yeah. That's, we got it. Right, we yeah. got it. We got it. Add three-man weave. Go ahead, AJ. I don't think I can beat Carmelo Anthony there. <laughs> uh, let's just go with phenomenal again. I mean, not that many people can have that long of a career as he has. Uh, my, mine would be very, very good. Yeah, I think you're selling him a little bit short. And, I, I really and you know what? You, was would you? Would really you? Do. All right. Would you like me to explain? If I can, but go ahead. Yeah, if you, I can, you can. We'll have plenty of time for you to explain because I will explain on the DWI podcast this week, which will be dropping Saturday morning. So why don't you explain what you think about Sting? I love Sting, just like I love Carmelo. They're both first ballot Hall of Famers without question, but they both feel like there was another level that they could have gotten to. And for whatever reason, they didn't get to that level. I, you know, when it comes to Sting, I would blame the booking or the fact that, you know, yeah, I'll blame the booking. I'm not going to go into all of that. I'll just say, I'll just say, uh, I have a lot of. I'll, I'll give you the short. I'll give you the short version so that you know you're going to listen to this on Friday and and, and you tune into DWI on Saturday because we're going to definitely talk about Sting then. And I'll get way more in depth into it, but I'll give you this short tease: is 
I respect Sting. I've been a fan of Sting. Sting is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. First ballot, a, a Hall of Famer. Iconic, everything else, but... Underwhelming describes a large portion of expectations and things of that nature for Sting that and, and things people wanted. And I'll get into a lot of that and, 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 and summarize most of it on the DWI podcast. So two things before we get out of here. Number one, did he really hate WWE and his experience there that bad? that he chose to go to AEW because I mean you could have just rid out your WWE Legends contract to re-up with them and they would have did some things you would have made some money I think maybe not as much money as uh, Tony is throwing at you I don't go ahead what do you think I think Sting made his money I think Sting saved enough money I think he can still make money he's Sting he, he's a guy who can he doesn't need WWE if he wants to go do you know Comic Cons and, and Wrestle Cons for well, I guess there's no people around right now, but he can do AEW and everything else. That's why. I mean, I think he considered WWE and his stint there marred by the injury, unfortunately, because I think he would have had the taker match. And then I think he, in the end, just kind of pulled it all together and said, you know what, it was a box that I checked off. I did WrestleMania. You know what? I got in WWE. I did WrestleMania. And number two, if Sting would have went to WWF instead of Ultimate Warrior, ultimately, he would have ended up being bigger than Hogan. No, he would have just been underwhelming. Yeah, they would have protected. He would have been him. underwhelming in WWE too, instead no, of like a instead of like a flash in the pan like Ultimate Warrior because. I mean, literally after that run where he lost to Sergeant Slaughter at Royal Rumble, I mean, that was it. It was over after that. Not, there wasn't that second little run no, there so the, wasn't great. I know he had the Macho no, the Man reason, match and, and Jake Roberts. Well, the reason I say that is, well, the reason I say that is because number one, people like Sting better than they liked Ultimate Warrior. R.I.P. By the way, so people would have went out of their way to make this guy as opposed to Warrior, where okay, it's my job and I'm just gonna go out and do my job. Number one. Number, you know, because he he didn't have that backstage persona. He was more of a team player than Warrior. Number two, at the time that he came along, him and Warrior came along, man, that whole, whole beach blonde built face paint. Yeah, that was in at the time. That was in. Now we probably would have never gotten the crow sting, but his charisma, his athleticism in the ring, and with the WWE machine behind him. Oh yes. Oh yes. We be yes. Is yes. that the match Sting we never ended up being bigger than Hogan? Is that really the match we never got that we should have gotten? His Ultimate Warrior versus Sting. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I've never oh. said anything like that. No, I'm just. I I'm said just, that they flip flops. No, nobody wanted to see that shit. Those two guys. Oh. Yeah, it would have been shit on a shingle. Shit on a shingle. Okay, we have a title. <laughs> I mean, with with the Sting going to WWE instead of Warrior F, I don't what know because. Gets but I, I think Hogan still would have had that politic where it's like, you're not going to be bigger than me. I don't care. I know that was like in the back of uh, Hogan, or yeah, the back of Hogan's run in WWF. Well, and they he was both jumping to WCW. They both well, they both drew the most money with Hogan. That's where they both drew their most money was with Hogan. 
Yeah. I actually agree with Bob though because we saw what happened at Starcade '97 where Hulk totally sabotaged that whole shit. Now Sting wasn't in the best shape. That's mm-hmm. fair. But the way that that storyline had played out for that year, Sting had to go over, and he had to go over clean, and he had to go over strong, and they had all that goofy shit going on. So you're probably right. Yeah, because another thing is with Sting being the crow, that's what really – I can't say that's what made Sting, but that's what made Sting iconic, where he changed with the times where it's, oh, NWO took over, everything's edgy. I have to take on this darker persona to actually stop everything instead of just being, you know – the man called Sting and coming out to his own name. You know, considering that Ultimate Warrior and Sting are not really that far off, what what would be a coked out like crow that Ultimate Warrior could have turned into? Coked out crow that Ultimate Warrior could have turned in. Give me a second. I, I'm gonna think of it. You, talk amongst yourselves. I, I mean, it's easy. Instead of the white face paint, it just would have been the coke itself. <laughs> touche. Touche. <laughs> What is the coked out version of the crow? Like the turkey vulture? I feel like it has something to do with Quentin Tarantino. I mean, that works. Yeah. He would have been, yeah, he he, he would have been, um, oh boy, he would have been Michael Madsen's character from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Oh my way. god, that works. I'll wrap it up like this and move to the next topic because Ultimate Warrior and Sting have another thing in common and they have had for a long time now is they've they're both of their biggest wins were at the biggest shows against the company's biggest star at the time and maybe considered two of the biggest wins in each of their company's biggest shows history I don't know you agree with that no, I think uh, Sting's biggest win had to come when uh, he beat Ric Flair for the title. It came a, no, a year Oh, it's been late. forever. Nobody beat Hogan. Yeah, but it, it came... The, the, the thing with the Sting thing is, man, and why it didn't really take off the way it was supposed to is because he got hurt, and he was supposed to be the one to dethrone Flair. Then they threw Luger into that mix, which Luger probably should have won the title, but Flair didn't want to drop it to Luger because he knew who Sting was. Like, I feel like that injury that he got, that kind of set him off course a little bit, and as a result, as a result of that and the fact that they didn't get any heels out for him when he finally did win the title, and they had that weird Black Scorpio shit going on, which didn't make any sense, that's what kind of crippled him as a uh, main event draw. I was just talking about the win itself. I said what I said. <laughs> oh, golly. All right. We'll go to the next topic. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. champion and he's not the first one but his current one and he is the Omega man is Kenny Omega and the elite now holds all the gold do they not gentlemen no they do the TNT title yeah well I mean as far as the I mean the elite to me is is the is the six-man tag champs you know Okay, but that that's cool, but it's still not all the gold, sir. <laughs> uh, fine. Who who do you want to be with them though? Is Cody still with them? I would assume I, I he's with them. still with them. Yeah, he's a executive VP, whatever that means, right? All right. Well, the elite is as close as they've ever been to holding all the gold. Three out of the four titles right now. I guess three out of five, if you want to say that. Okay, Gabe, go ahead. Yeah, 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 I caught you. I caught you. You're going to say, well, technically, Brandy can hold the women title, too. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say that. You still have the FTW. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Your brother's brother, right? Oh, Your yeah. brother's brother. The, so, there, there's a reason why the names are so similar. Abel S., come on. Well, that's because you're brothers, and typically parents do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, you're not going to have Brittany and Alfalfa. I'm just saying. You know Brittany and Alfalfa? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so yes, we do have a brand new AEW champion. So I want to talk about the match first before we get to the aftermath, which is that's that's really where the, the interesting stuff is for me. Wasn't digging the match, guys. I just wasn't. And I haven't dug a match. I love Moxley. I think he's one of the best promos in the business. And I love to hear him talk because he's great at it. But I don't think either one of these guys have had a good match since they left Japan. And it, it just is what it is. And I know they were going for something epic and they kept teasing all week and even during the broadcast talking about, well, they'll let us go over on TNT and this and that. And I look up and it's 10 one and that shit's been off for a minute. So that didn't happen. And it, it just didn't make sense. So Moxley hits his finisher 
what do they call it? The paradigm shift. Paradigm shift, yeah. Yeah, and then he goes outside and grabs a couple of chairs and wants to have a slap fight with Omega. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, we knew going into it that Omega was going to win. I, I think if you had half a working brain, you saw that that's where they were going. They were going to put the title on him, and, and then they'll go from there. But it, that didn't make any sense to me. I mean, it, especially since they had the gentleman's agreement, we'll talk about the finish later on because it goes into the more... The, the bigger detail of the entire Omega winning the championship. But I think the only reason why that they had to take the belt off of Omega, because it's going to be like the weirdest triangle ever when it comes to just two people. Cause I think Omega has to lose the triple A, the Megas title mm-hmm. in Mexico. And that's this Moxley, weekend too, isn't it? Triple Mania? I believe so. I could be yeah. wrong though. But my bad, man, go ahead. No, no, you're good. But, Moxley, because I know that they keep teasing the fact that uh, God, I really am like Mini Andrew right now. I know for a fact that they're teasing uh, <laughs> uh, Kento with the about to bring up Japan shit, aren't you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kento with his briefcase with the U.S. title. So I mean, Japan has already said that they would, with the belts that aren't being defended, like the United States and whatnot, that. It's in suspension right now because they physically can't get to Japan. So they still have the long reign, but it it's under suspension, so you can't have like the whole, well, you haven't defended it in 90 days. Gotta give it back. How are you gonna give it back? So I know they're kind of teasing that, so they're gonna try to find a way maybe to get Moxley into Wrestle Kingdom 15 this next month, actually. Defend that. And then we have Kenny... With his new business partner, like I said, we'll talk about that we'll later. That. When, yeah, yeah. But his new business partner and another partnership between AEW and another company. Again, I swear to God, Andrew should be here because it's, <laughs> it's his company. It's his company. Yeah. <laughs> Only thing you're missing is the buddy, the condescending buddy, which he loves to say all the time. Yeah, but, you know, they, they, they got to be all, you know, buddy-buddy and whatnot, so, <laughs> like that? <laughs> so, so just just to talk about the the match, strictly just the match, before we get to the, the other stuff, which is the more exciting stuff. Just the match itself, um, what what did you think about that? Thumbs up, thumbs down, in the middle? Because I'm thumbs down, man. I'm, I'm more thumbs in the middle, only because they had so much that they had, you know, we already talked about Sting debuting on AEW, coming back to TNT after 18 years, 18 and a half, however many you want to count, since March of 2001. Then you have, you know, we we were hyping up this entire World Heavyweight Championship match and it kind of just was okay. Like, it was serviceable. Yeah. You had had Moxley because the finish was a little screwy. It made sense, but it was a little screwy where Mox hits the paradigm shift into uh, into the heaters that they had, and then you know everyone has to come down. It's like, oh no, Omega's hurt, and then he dabbles more into his heel side where he uses a weapon. You have Shivani shouting, "Oh, they had a gentleman's agreement. What's going on here?" And then the way that it ended. So, so make it make sense, Bob. 
Moxley hits his finish right in the middle of the ring, and instead of going for the cover, he goes and grabs two chairs from outside and props up Kenny Omega, and they decide to have a slap fight. I would say that's more like a... Again, I swear I'm not Andrew, but that's more of like a Japan thing where it's, hey, trade blows with me. I want to have this legit one-on-one. I thought it was like a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing. <laughs> I thought it was some weird uh, OnlyFans fetish type thing myself. Like, I get the Japan thing when they trade the forearms in the middle of the ring and both of them are putting their nuts on the table. But, yo, you literally moxley that same broadcast you literally said you're the two best wrestlers in the world which means you think you're the first and you think he's the second so that means you got the second best wrestler in the world beat and you've got the richest prize in the sport kayfabe on the line you got this melanoma beat and you're gonna go grab some chairs and have a conversation and want to have a slap tickle fight that doesn't make any sense man you want to have a slap tickle fight right in the middle of a championship match make it make yeah, sense some I, I i i i don't i i got nothing there before we get to the big reveal which is the the most interesting part of this whole conversation Tony I just want to get your thoughts real quick on just the match not the finish because we're getting to that just the match in general it was okay yeah that's how I felt it was yeah it was man it it was okay across the board Like, and, and it's funny, I've just been so be. unimpressed with Omega since he's been in AEW. And I saw somebody put something out on Twitter that kind of made sense, and I wish I remembered who it was so I gave him credit for it, but fuck it, we here now. But they talked about how easy it is when you only have, you know, one or two big matches every year to perform, as opposed to having to go out week in and week out on an episodic television show and do your thing. And that, that makes sense. It was actually an excuse for Omega, but at the same point in time, man, I'm just not seeing it. If he doesn't have a Japanese dance partner, he's just, and now I'm sounding like your brother in here too, Bob, but if he doesn't have a Japanese dance partner, man, he just doesn't do it for me. See, to me, the B is not about uh, Omega. I, I I enjoy Omega. I enjoy Moxley too, but it's a lot of the same stuff. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, it was, it, B plus maybe if I had to, I mean, but it wasn't a material. That's that's being generous, man. I don't even think that was the best match I've seen this this week. I thought that the triple threat for the uh, number one contendership, which we'll get to that momentarily, but I, with AJ and and uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle or Riddle, my bad. I thought that was better than this match. You mean Skipper Broly and Dopey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was better than this match, and they had much more time to go out there and tell the story. And it just, it just didn't make sense to me. They were going for something epic, but I felt as if they missed the mark. Kind of similar to the first time these Mellon Farmers fought, and it was the the non-sanctioned match. They were going for something epic, and it just missed the mark. Well, talk about the finish then, and talk about what leads to the finish of the show, where they head out to the car and and uh what is it uh don Callis, right Mm-hmm. and and go ahead platt i mean tell the people what happened thanks moderator why well, was so, letting <laughs> you do the big reveal i <laughs> again thanks moderator 
So for those of you that didn't see the ending of the match, Don Callis, who has a legitimate relate, you're not my type, sir. He's literally throwing me the bird. Y'all know what that means. Yeah, but it I did love twice. you. I that's really a, do love you. That's a double negative. So you're it's not like, my type. And like, not that there's anything. That means wrong go with fuck that. yourself. You're just, then. That you're just not my type, man. I have a one penis rule, and it just so happens I have one. Not that there's anything wrong with anything else. That's that's just me. I'm just like that. I was just born that way. But <laughs> AJ, sometimes you just that, let him keep talking. He buries himself. I don't see how I buried myself, but okay, cool. So the big reveal. So AJ, do you mind? We went from the moderator to the host to the guest, I guess. All right. Trial by fire, <laughs> man. This is about his war, man. You got to bring it. I mean, fair enough. So basically, the big reveal. Don Callis was on, was at ringside applauding Kenny Omega, basically being a little cheerleader. Kenny getting hit with the paradigm shift, like I said before, on the outside in the heating vents. Bring a doctor, all the refs came out, and Callis with the microphone just kept telling Moxley he's hurt. We kind of saw what was going on on that one. Callis somehow gets the microphone to Kenny. Kenny pops uh Moxley right in the head. There's a blade spot there, a little bit of color there. Four V triggers and a one-winged angel later. We have a new AEW champion. And they're running for their lives. People backstage are saying, what the hell, man? What the hell was this all about? I got to tell you, the, the listening audience, if they are doing something and not really paying attention to what they're listening to or... <laughs> If they're inebriated and they're kind of listening to this in the background, they won't even know that Andrew wasn't even on the show this week. They will think that they're hearing. Not even a little. Uh, they'll they'll think that the same opinions, like, the same, crap, the same, you know, exact description of the match to get the feel and everything for the opinion. It's it's all it's all linked together. It's just a, the Belaz way. That, that's another thing, though, man, before you continue, that pissed me off about this match. They've been beating the shit out of each other, but all of a sudden a microphone is going to bust you open. And I have been hit in the head with a microphone by myself, but still, it didn't cut me open. Yeah, but he got him with that yeah. part that is the hardwired top part of the microphone. I've hit myself in the head with the hard wire top part of the microphone, and I ain't bust myself open. Well, it just you didn't, it, you didn't maybe hit. Maybe it was the I'm metal not, boom on the top of it. You didn't hit. Know, it was the metal I'm boom, and he just twisted. You definitely I'm didn't hit. Nits. You definitely didn't hit yourself the hard way. Go ahead, AJ. I'm picking this. Please continue. <laughs> but Don Callis and Kenny Omega go into a nice little uh, car together. A reporter comes up, asks, "What's all this about?" And I swear, like I said, Andrew should be here because Don Callis said, find out Tuesday on Impact what's going on. Dun, dun, dun. That's so, right, we got a new partnership. Impact so, in AEW. So, number one, for those that don't know, Don Callis and Kitty Omega do have a legitimate relationship, and they kept banging that point home on AEW last night that they do have a relationship. Callus is cool with Kenny's uncle and they kind of trained Omega. So Omega looks at him as an uncle, or at least that's the story they're telling. But I think this is so cool. 
that AEW and Impact are collaborating because I, I've said that on the, these airwaves. Nobody remembers because nobody listens to what I say. But I was saying how all these other promotions that aren't WWE from AEW to Impact to New Japan to uh, Evolve when they were a thing to Ring of Honor to MLW. I think I said MLW twice, but y'all know what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that y'all need to come together in NWA. Y'all need to come together in NWA. Obviously, they've collaborated with AEW, but y'all need to all come together and collaborate with each other and create sort of a, a an alliance, kind of like what the NWA was back in the territory days. Because a rising tide raises all ships, so if y'all can trade talent, keep matchups fresh, and keep just people interested in what y'all got going on, why wouldn't you work together? So I'm happy to see this, and I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this. I, I hope it is an invasion angle, because there are some matchups that I'd like to see, but I want to see what happens. And I'm going to be tuned in Tuesday to see what's going on. Oh my gosh, leave it to AEW to do something that Andrew couldn't do. Make everyone watch Impact. <laughs> He's been trying to. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I was watching Impact, man, before we moved into the condo and we had to get Xfinity. When we had AT&T, we had access. Xfinity, which y'all know as Comcast, they don't have access. So I haven't been able to watch it for what, two does, months now. Neither does DirecTV. Yeah. Exactly. I, I know Fios has it because that's how we usually watch it. Or I, I don't know if they still have their Twitch up or not for Impact, but... I don't know other... about Twitch, man. I'm old. <laughs> they do have their Twitch up, but I'm old, man. I ain't dealing with that shit. Fair. But, again, <laughs> the the thing that I made a joke about that even Andrew kind of laughed at earlier in the day, leave it to Dynamite to make me and him work together in wrestling. Because <laughs> AEW has the partnership with NWA and now Impact, so I'm like, oh, great, here we go. I'm digging this, man. Let's go anarchy. Fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's just go all the way. Like everybody just get end up on everybody's shows. Let's get Nick Aldis, Aldis rather versus uh, Kenny Omega. Let's get the Young Bucks versus uh, the Good Brothers. Let's let's do it all. Let's get uh, Kira Hogan and and Tasha Steeds with her little cute self. Let's get her versus uh, Riho and uh, what's her name? Shishi she Shimmy, the AEW Shimmy. Where where have we where have we heard an idea like this before? AJ, do you know where we've heard an idea like this before? Me. Could you I've been saying this for the longest. I believe Me. we also talked about this on the other show, right, Tony? Play, you do this every so, single time. Every <laughs> single time you do this to me. I am and the all one. That proves to me is that you don't uh, listen to anything I say. Huh? That's all it proves to me. What? All it proves to me is don't listen to anything I say. No, I didn't hear what you said. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, I would love to see those matches. Or even Nick Aldis coming back to Impact again, defend that NWA title against, like, Ken Shamrock or something. That would be awesome. But this is cool. And the reason that we wanted AEW to succeed and we were so excited that AEW was a thing is because we thought they were going to make wrestling cool again but they haven't but this is cool they've they're, they're you know they're setting up these collaborations with these other territories and this is cool and i mean when's the last time people were excited to tune into impact uh 
when did when did AJ win the title the second time again? <laughs> yeah, precisely. For me, it was when Jay Lethal was doing his uh, Macho Man Randy Savage impersonation. Oh, Macho Man. <laughs> Black machismo. <laughs> Kevin Nash was still around. <laughs> exactly, though. Like, Tony, I, I, you know, I know it's a gimmick, you shit on Impact, but are you not intrigued? Are you not sports entertained? Is this not why you are here? See, I only think Tony's not going to be entertained because the amount of shit that we say on DWI on AEW. <laughs> so, it, you know, you, I, I know from from all the jokes, negative and a negative make a positive, but I don't know about that with Tony, though. May I? You may. All right. I have said before plenty of times that the territories that are not WWE should work together and have, like in the olden days, and send people back and forth, right? And this is brilliant. And if you want to do it one territory at a time, that's fine. I, I have three other things I want to tell you about this right now. Except the fact that you're going to have to tune into DWI podcast on 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 Saturday morning for that, yeah. Really, you're not going to give us nothing. You're not even going to give him a tease. I just gave it to you. I just gave it to you. He did. I just (laughs) gave it to you. Don't listen to DWI. (laughs) What? Because we all know we all know that the tease really for DWI to watch it is my trivia. <laughs> oh, Platt froze. Platt is frozen. Uh, Platt is frozen. All right. Well, in that case, we're watch Impact on Tuesday, and uh, we'll get back to you next week on how we think that's going to go and, and what's going to happen with the invasion angle. Anything to fin- anything else to finish this off, AJ? Again, leave it to Dynamite to get Andrew and I to work together. All right, folks. We'll be right back. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hotel. Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
the brand new number one contender for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship held by none other than Drew McIntyre. And and I've listened to both Belaz's impersonations and they're both pretty good. I don't know, your brothers might be better, uh, AJ. I want to hear yours again here shortly, but AJ Styles is that new number one contender. And Platt, he's got himself quite the heater, does he not? He does with the big 7'3 Nigerian melon farmer that could probably whoop everybody's ass. I dig it. I like it. It it, it reminds me of um you, you remember Heathcliff, the, the cartoon? Oh yeah. So you remember like the first the first Love 12 Heathcliff. minutes would be a Heathcliff cartoon and then they'd have like the junkyard cats and Riff Raff was the shortest one of the bunch but he was the leader of the bunch and he had the muscle behind him. That's what this reminds me of. Didn't he have a hat? <laughs> yes he did. He had the hat and he had the girl. Yep. The feline, if you will, if you will, this, this is what that reminds me of. Like, cause AJ's an itty bitty little fella, man. He's got this big, big heater here, and I, I just think that's a cool visual. But this is similar to Omega when I when I talked about how it was clear that Omega was going to win the title. It didn't take a, a a rocket surgeon or a brain scientist to see that AJ was going to win that triple threat once it played out that it was going to be those three you kind of knew where they were going. I mean, obviously, they're not pushing Riddle right now. I don't know what they're doing with Riddle, and they took away his name. That's goofy as shit, but I don't know what they're doing with that. And you're not going to throw away Keith Lee versus McIntyre on an off-brand pay-per-view. So you throw AJ in there. Number one, he's the only heel in the bunch. And number two, you know you're going to get a great match out of it. Well, like Platt was saying. Teflon. So the loss oh, isn't going to hurt. Go. Okay. We just we lost you there for a second. I was gonna I was gonna say I would I would I would say the same thing talking about it like that, in the sense that you know I can get get a good look at a ribeye by sticking my head up a butcher's ass, but I'd rather take the cow's word for it. Well, so what's the uh, that didn't make any sense? But what's the last thing you heard me say? No, you're fine. It was it was a brief, it was a brief uh, flub. But I'm more interested to hear the younger, more virile Belaz is Drew McIntyre so we can compare and contrast well you know if we're really gonna contrast and, and you know compare to the different Drews I'm actually gonna say Andrew as the better one because where the hell do you think I learned it from well here I'll tell you, you why you were doing good no, first this is why they're they're about they're 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 about the same except for Andrews is a little bit deeper so it sounds a little bit more of a Drew like Drew McIntyre before I heard before I heard Andrews AJ's I I loved it his is really good his is great but if you hear Andrews it's the same it's almost the same one but it's a little deeper and it's a little more Drew and that's just because he's a little older and he's a little bigger so is is Andrew a smoker no. No, but oh. uh, how tall is your brother? He's 6'3". Six, or 6'3", six, 6'4", oh, six, 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 four, four. depending on what he yeah. wants to say. And how tall are you? He, well, he, he told us 6'3". He told me 6'4 his entire life because I'm 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, there you go. Yeah, so he could beat the shit out of you and intimidate you. Well, when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> Aim for the belly. 
That's what I did the entire time, and sometimes <laughs> lower, because we didn't have any of those boxing rules. Don't aim we can't the... blow the belt. <laughs> Don't aim for the belly anymore. There's plenty of alcohol backing that thing up, though. No, because growing up, man, my thing was, was when we boxed, our thing was you aim for the, the body, man. Don't hit in the face. Like, those were the gentleman's rules that we had. Like, the that Omega and Moxley had gentleman's rules. If not, you know, if we were friends and we were just fighting, just, you know, don't aim for the face. Like, if you're fighting somebody that's your enemy and you got, you know, legitimate disdain, you know, that all goes out the window. There's no holes barred. But if no. you're just, you know how guy, how boys are, yeah. man. We yeah, swinging. Play rough. Like, yeah. We swinging. Satchel McFlippins, he checked me into, like, rolled-up bleachers once in, in team handball. And then another time we were going out to the bar, and he checked me into this bushes that was full of snow. So I was all full of snow, went down the back of my shirt. We went out to the bar. We came back where we all met, and then we had a knife fight in the parking lot. And dude fucking cut his hand wide open, and then we drank to that. Jesus Christ. What were y'all reenacting the, the uh, Beat It video? It was the it was the Jets. <laughs> Jesus, that's a true story. And all of a sudden, did a, did a uh, brother with a Jerry curl and a Jackie with eighty five zippers come out the way and and defuse the beef? And then y'all all just started dancing in the parking lot before you went and drink. No, what happened is he knocked mine out of my hand, but then I got his his wrist of the hand that he had it in, and he tried to drop it and catch it, and when he caught it, he caught the blade, and he fucking fucking opened up his hand. Oh my god! Shout out to blades though. I missed my blade. I had a blade. It was the I found it somewhere, and the satchel or the patch that was in it said Buck on it, so I started calling it Buck Magoo. But my college girlfriend at the time, she was scared that I had a, a blade because I also had a temper problem, so she she made me get rid of it, and well, now I have neither the girl or the blade, which that's... I upgraded. Don't get me wrong, I upgraded. Amber's amazing, but I just I just really miss my blade. I don't miss the broad. I miss my blade. That's two. <laughs> Listen, you know the funny thingest thing is uh, that's two side stories and two satchels. So back to AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I know I said it to Tony, and I don't know if Platt heard it, but anyone else find it funny that, especially on this episode, <laughs> oh, it's AJ oh, versus Drew? We already know AJ wins because AJ's here right now. <laughs> yeah, I think both Drews are going over, sir. No offense. Some taken. <laughs> <laughs> I would, too, if I was you, quite frankly. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> But no, I'm in the same boat. There's no way they're going to have Drew drop it again that quickly after uh So, okay, let's talk about this though. Let's 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 put a little bit of reason into why AJ could win here or why they could take it off of Drew. One, you don't you don't expect it because everybody thinks that like even I even I predicted that this Randy Orton storyline regardless of whether he dropped it or not and I said if he dropped it he was going to get it right back and he sure enough if he fucking didn't. I wish they would have waited for the pay-per-view, but what if they want this on AJ Styles? We're moving into prime time for WWE, right? Like, I can't wait to get past this pay-per-view and moved into Royal Rumble because we can finally start the real storylines that progress from January through WrestleMania. We all know that, right? Everything's been a little bit abbreviated. But what if they want AJ to have the title? What is the plan? What is your story arc here? If it's Drew McIntyre holding on to this title, what is your story arc for him? 
Who does he wrestle at WrestleMania? What's happening on Raw? Who's the next guy? What do you do? Well, you, you kind of stepped on my question because I was going to ask you guys this as well. I, I don't see AJ taking this off of him because they just put the title back off of him and they had him catch a fair one with Roman. And the only reason that Roman won, theoretically, was because of the, the Uso interference. So, I don't know where they go with this. I know that, obviously, we're going to end up getting a Sheamus program at some point in time. Maybe Royal Rumble. I thought that was going to be the direction they went here. But maybe Royal Rumble. I don't see them having Sheamus and Drew at Mania. I don't, that doesn't really make me moist. I know if you listen to the, the Dirt Sheet writers, a.k.a. Meltzer... He was speculating just two weeks ago that it was going to be Braun fighting Drew at the at the pay-per-view. And I guess Braun has a legitimate injury. I don't know. It's wrestling, so you never really know what's happening. So, I don't know. Maybe they try to run Braun and Drew at Mania. I don't know. Conceivably, if they're going to have fans in Tampa, maybe they try to run back the, the Drew and Brock Lesnar match so Drew can get his WrestleMania moment. I don't know. Do they do the Keith Lee there? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. There's not really a clear path to these Mania matches right now. I thought that all along it was supposed to be Randy Orton and Edge for that title at WrestleMania. But that doesn't need the title. That feud is hot enough without the title. So now, as opposed to having two marquee matches, having Edge and Randy Orton for the title, now you have three marquee matches because you're still going to have Randy Orton and Edge and then you can have two title matches as well. Just who makes sense, though, to face Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? I mean, if he has the title. Who? I, I don't... It doesn't... It, it, I don't... I don't know where the money is there with Drew McIntyre defending the title against... Tell me the guy that's on Raw right now. Tell me. Well, I just threw out, like, four names, but AJ, what do you think, man? I mean, I'm in the same boat as you where Sheamus makes sense where he could probably use like the whole I, I, I'm your friend you know at we mania? can do this right now at mania? but it doesn't really wet Sheamus versus McIntyre it doesn't wet my appetite Sheamus versus McIntyre is a Royal Rumble heavyweight championship match yeah. not a Wrestlemania yeah, yeah, it doesn't make points for mania but yeah but so who's ahead, the man. mania what, what else you think AJ? who's the mania guy let the man talk I'm badgering him to do an answer I'm throwing legitimate and then, like, something that I might want. Like, you know, Sheamus making sense where he's using Drew to get that world title opportunity. Or the Fiend gets into Drew's head. Like, we could see that. Like, Alexa goes and plays, you know, her little Harley Quinn dollhouse that she says. What's she going to play with? (laughs) She's going to play with his more. (laughs) She's going to play with his bagpipe? If My bad, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you right now that if that happens, that read's not going to be flat. Um... Damn, that even sound like that. Yeah, and then sound like Andrew. God damn. <laughs> but I. I could see the so fiend. I can yeah, see they do. Sheamus being like a whole angle. He's being ass. Stop with the bits. The bits are for DWI tomorrow. <laughs> you heard ball. Stop with the bits. Yeah. I mean, how- well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. 
And the third one, which is the long shot that I would say, what about Edge maybe winning the Rumble? Face and Drew, we might get a, like, a little bit of a face versus face dynamic there. I, I could see that happening. That would be That's a long shot, but that would be a nice little matchup. No, I, I no, I could dig that. I could smoke a bag of that. I think obviously they're going with the uh, Orton Edge thing. If if Edge is going to be cleared by that point in time, I think you have to finish up that storyline. But yeah, the names I threw out there, I threw out Keith Lee. Maybe he wins the Rumble. I threw out Brock Lesnar if they can get him back. Which all they got to do is write the check to get him back. And if they are conceivably, because excuse me, I'm sure that's their plan is to have actual fans in the stands come Tampa where WrestleMania is want to have let Drew have his moment there in front of fans being Brock again I can see that happening I could even see them heating up Braun and maybe he's the guy that challenges Drew at Mania like I I, I could see that as well um other than that I don't know what you do with him at the Mania maybe the Fiend but I, I feel like it the Fiend is going to be involved in some sort of mixed tag with Alexa. And I, I what Tunny, was it you that brought up McIntyre and, and Nikki Cross? Was that you that brought that up on our previous Potter's War? One of y'all did. It was either it, it you was, or... It was or, one of y'all because even I remember that. It might have yeah, been Andrew. Yeah. It was either you or Andrew that brought that up as a possibility. It must have been Andrew judging by your face. Because even I remember that the whole, you know... The Scottish connection. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think is going to happen, Tony? About what? Drew's boss pumping at Mania. It's not going to be Nikki Cross, I'll tell you that. No, Nikki Cross is not fighting Drew McIntyre for the title. Okay, yes, we can all agree on that. All right, I'll tell you right now. Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. It's it's easy. you just got to think about it a little bit. At WrestleMania, he's going to be facing an opponent that I will let you know about on the DWI podcast tomorrow morning, right there on thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Personally, I would love to see him fight Bobby Lashley, and they put the the belt on Bobby Lashley, and then the Hurt Business beats the uh, New Day for the titles and, and just let them have all the gold on Raw and just run wild. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Maybe they know they've struck gold with the Hurt Business, but at the same point in time, I'm sick of seeing them beat up all the other black guys on Raw. Like, like can you do something with them? It's like they exist in this whole separate universe on Raw. Like, they got their whole thing. I've even named it. I call it the Blackout Hour when the Hurt Business just going out and beating up all the other black guys on Raw. It's called the Blackout. See, see, didn't you know that, that was Vince's original idea for Raw Underground, but did he didn't want all the heat? He didn't want the backlash <laughs> on all of that? <laughs> he didn't want the, uh, the backlash? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Pot is War, black, Blacklash. With each other. <laughs> oh, can we, can we name Pot is War Blacklash? <laughs> <laughs> I'm game. Uh, that I'm just saying, good, man, like they're one of the best things that you have going in your whole company right now, man. And they're just they're off in their own little universe, just beating up all the other black guys. I'm not they gonna argue with you. I think I'm still gonna name the show your brother's brother, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh lord. Alright, let's get into topic number five. What do you guys think about that? 
I thought that's where they were going. We were going, man. Why didn't you just cut to the commercial or whatever the hell you got going on, Belichick? Yeah. Well then, fuck you, Platt. Are this you gonna is... go break another Microsoft Surface over there? This one's uh, for this one's for Platt. You, you... chair shot network. time once again that's hydrochloride by ghost main it, it, it isn't that what the president was suggesting we take to get rid of uh, corona that was bleach but <laughs> they wasn't hydrochloride hydrochloride it, it, it was something along those lines I, I know what you're talking about i just don't remember the name so y'all just gonna step on the joke and just no sell it like what I said wasn't you funny. You mispronounce okay, shit cool. all the time. What the fuck do you want me to say? <laughs> it's part of my charm. You're like, isn't that what was that Urkel guy's name? Jaleel Wright. <laughs> it's part of my charm, motherfucker. Just before you get to the topic, though, I do have to um, comment on the younger oh, blast. How long is this comment gonna be? Can it be long enough for me to get a beer? hair than your brother? Can like you... it, it looks like you've got okay, like some sandy going. red in there. It looks like it has life and body and bounce. That's what happens when you have a woman. You got to make sure your hair look good. Yeah, basically. I mean, we we, we all saw his uh his beard that he had prior. You know, or that's he like his, the hobo beard. He had it. No, that's his. I've given up beard. Yes. <laughs> well, well, for the longest time, he also didn't like cut his hair that much. Yeah. So he would call. He same would say, thing. "Like, yeah, I'm just going full hobo here." Yeah, we say the same thing. I'm just gonna uh, jerk off by myself until I die. I'm not even gonna try to get a woman at this point. <laughs> I cut my fingernails. I didn't. I didn't say that. Open you, did. My ear. <laughs> you can't say that. There, so there's there's boy. proof. <laughs> there's there's proof. The, I didn't say that. You did. The the, the younger Belaz does not necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of Christopher Platt on this these airwaves. There you go. No, I got you. He just keeps quiet and keeps things to himself. <laughs> <laughs> are you too As done? you were saying, Tony. Are you too done? Me okay. dating something, man. Yeah. That's still a thing. Just I was saying, uh, wear your mask. My fingernails, I just cut them, and they're too short. I had a problem popping the top on the beer. That's a personal problem. Do they hurt when you bang something? Because that happens to me from time to time. What? Never mind. Just go get a manicure, man. Grow up. Yeah, get nice. a manicure. Your it's like nice. twelve bucks. Fingernails are nice. It's like twelve bucks, man. Why? Seventeen not, if you let them put the, um, do the um, what's it called? The the um, not the emery board. What do they call it? The um, seventeen dollars if you want them to shine, okay? But, but twelve if you don't. Grow up, man. Okay, Keyshawn Johnson. Here we go. <laughs> wow! What Keyshawn? 
What Keyshawn? Well, see, see now, now are we talking the Bucks player or the or the uh, current Cardinals player? <laughs> the former Jets wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson and Buccaneers wide receiver. He's widely known for getting pedicures and manicures to take care of his feet and his hands because those were his tools for his profession. He's been widely known for that. Platt knew that. Platt yeah. knew what I was referring to. I knew. Yeah, and, and, that, and now he's got to shine it up because of that 2002 ring. That's that's man shit, man. Getting medi- manicures and pedicures, man, and buff. That's what I was talking about. Where they buff them so you got a nice shine. They'll charge you an extra five bucks for that. But but if you don't want the shine and the buff, it's twelve bucks for a manicure, man. They get all that cuticle, dead skin, and all of that shit, and they massage and shit. Grow up, man. Get a goddamn manicure. All right. Yeah, you know, be nice. Put a little bit of cuticle cream on that too. Speaking of preparing to go to war. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's talk about War Games, the latest iteration. We have a couple of War Games matches. We have a title match, and then we got a strap match, and then now we got another match, which is Catch is Catch Can, Thatch Can, with none other than Tommaso Ciampa can catch Thatch Can. I think he can. Let's start there. Yeah, that was bad. But go ahead, Bob. I I think Tony needs more alcohol. No, I don't think he needs any more. (laughs) What? Whatever. Hey, hey, we didn't fucking do this last week, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm going to hit you guys up for a double week next week so I can catch up. Platt, anyway, let's talk about this week right now. Sadly, sadly, that's a that's an excusable excuse in my book. Blame it on the alcohol. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, we've been working together for a while. <laughs> it's, it's literally the reason we found each other. Think about the shows we were on. <laughs> and we were still on and could still possibly be on. Yeah, y'all fired me for no apparent reason, but we'll we'll have that conversation off air. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Is is that how I got the job? No, that's not true. At yeah, all. man, they thought it was a. Uh, they, they thought they had too much color, so you know. <laughs> no, it was get a no, little dark on no, the DWI no, podcast no, if you no, smell no. what I'm cooking. <laughs> Had to whitewash it. This is just wrong. This I is get, just I get, you know, I get, I get, I get, <laughs> Lord. But I mean, as again, as a WCW mark, I'm always excited whenever there's a War Games, and they've done a decent job to try to make this War game seem relevant. You, you, you disagree, Tony? You had something to say? No, I didn't. I just had a cramp in my hand. Honestly, I was like, oh, sorry. So I know the gestures are usually that. That's literally something that just happened, folks. So, number one, the, the Undisputed error is awesome. I think we can all agree on that. I think it's Undisputed. Number two, Pat McAfee is doing God's work right now. He's such a throwback as a heel. He's cutting some of the best promos in the entire wrestling industry right now. And he's athletic enough to pull off a decent match. I love Pete Dunne. Only Lorkin and the other bald-headed guy. Yeah, whatever. 
but they've done enough Danny to Birch. make them seem like credible threats to the Undisputed Era. And I'm interested to see what McAfee is going to do in this match because you know he's going to do some crazy shit off the cage. So that'll be interesting. And it's it's war games. And Undisputed Era, all them guys could work. So it's going to be a fun match. Everything else on the card, yeah, whatever. But it's NXT, so I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They they know how to put on good pay-per-views. The Leon Ruff versus Damian Priest versus Johnny Cleveland. I'm a lot higher on Damian Priest, AJ, than your brother is. I think that guy could go to the main didn't, roster right uh, now and get a big deal. Didn't Leon Ruff get engaged to the, the referee? Yes, he, he did. did. The, the black referee, and, and congratulations to him. And Leon's got something. I see a lot of the old-timers and people trying to clown him because he's so skinny, but I mean... Nobody said anything when Sean Waltman was out there beating Razor Ramon, and that legitimized him. Granted, Sean Waltman's one of the greatest or the most underrated workers of the last 30 years, but at the same point in time, Leon got something there. That's all I was saying. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I'm just pointing that out. The thing that, that made me, that has me shaking my head, AJ, is that WWE is low-key kind of counter-programming their own programming, because at the same time, time that they're having the NXT War Games on the network, they're going to be on Fox with the tribute to the troops. I mean, I guess you could say that, that the tribute for the troops isn't for us, you know, the hardcore wrestling fan, because I don't know how many of us really pay attention to them shows. Maybe they're trying to get some of the lapsed fans, trying to get some new fans, because it's going to come on right after football. So maybe, you know, they'll stick around and maybe they'll get some new fans out of that. I don't know. Yeah, just kind of seems like product placement trying to get a scheme to get more people into it especially i mean what i mean what's the sunday night game or, or whatever they're going on after that they're doing That's who knows it, I'm, I'm gonna look it up while you while you keep talking because if it's a snooze fest they're all gonna be drunk anyways because no one really wants to see like whoever the hell the jets are playing probably gonna lose to or anything like that it's kansas city the chiefs are playing but they're playing denver so they might as well okay, start, okay, so they might as well start playing it in a picture-in-picture picture at the start of the second half as opposed to after the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody, yeah we all know. I mean, hell, the Broncos had to pull off a, a practice squad wide receiver as quarterback this last week. So, and hey, it, and nobody I, I, I give him credit. I give oh, him credit. No reps, emergency backup, had to move from wide receiver to quarterback, and he had – Again, no reps whatsoever. I give what, him props, what, but you know, what do you give him credit for? No, we, what do you? Well, tell me what you no, give him credit for. Him no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. What do you I give? I give him credit for stepping up. Okay, I just want to make it's, sure it's you didn't. I just want to make. I just want to make sure you didn't want to give him credit for anything on the field. Well, my my point was nobody could tell the difference. That's how shitty the Broncos are. You realize that they wanted to start their quality control coach over him. Yeah. Mine was nobody noticed the difference. That's how shitty the Broncos are and the three quarterbacks that they actually have on the roster. I, I give him credit for next man up stepping up to take that position and switching his role. That's where I give him credit. I didn't say that his football play oh. was Oh, you give him credit amazing. for taking you give him credit for taking an NFL game check over an NFL practice squad weekly check. You're really gonna shit on this man? No, I'm not shitting on this guy at all, but I'm shitting on a, I'm shitting on giving him credit. What are we giving him credit? What did he actually do in the game besides 
roll to the right and throw the ball back to Noah Fan behind the line of scrimmage in a wide open scenario and every other thing. Like, uh, fine. I'll give him credit for putting on his pads and walking out there and his. I'm being Skip Bayless right now and I hate it. I'm being Colin Cowherd. I understand. I'm hating it as I'm doing it. But honestly, like, (laughs) as far as, like, in the game, what do you. What did he do? He played fucking Division I college football. He couldn't complete more than one pass? It's the Broncos, man. Have you seen what they have on the roster? They wouldn't have done much better, quite frankly. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, working. I don't know why you guys keep goading me into having these, you know. War games, anyway. Sports entertainment, not sports. Sports entertainment. Torrid opinions. Where sports meet entertainment, right, Tony? Exactly. Hey, while you're listening to the show, open up that internet browser and head on over to thechairshot.com. We have sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. Something for everybody. Thechairshot.com. Use your head. See, that was good product placement. But... And then head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Every t-shirt makes a great... Hey, great, great! Right on. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty you cool. You know, I had to get the plat plush shirt. My it makes man. a great stocking stuffer, especially coming up this weekend for good old Saint Nick. Use the promo code Saint Nick, but go ahead, go ahead, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but War Games—that's what we're talking about. That's the that's the next event that's coming up. I mean, I mean, like he already alluded to, War Games, the men's War Game match with the Undisputed Era and the brand. I don't know how many people watch the Pat McAfee show, but he actually has the little metal mask that he has on nice. the desk where he does it. Nice. So he's he's keeping everything alive. He's, like you said, Platt, he's old school as hell. He makes sure it's like everything's still tied together. Everything's well done. Beginning of the Pat McAfee show, whenever he's on NXT, he'll just be like... Yeah, and, and and go ahead and go watch uh, WWE NXT on the network, and you get to see this handsome face get on there and everything like that. So he he plays it up like he's he's legit, and he is. I mean, that Adam Cole match, he proved that punters are athletes too. Yeah, who knew? Except for <laughs> Reggie Roby and that brother that was uh, with the Raiders that allegedly banged Kim Kardashian. Uh. Cat King or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that might be it, actually. Uh, see, Tony, I can pull more than just Kyle Petty out of my ass. <laughs> I, oh, Damn, man, like I could say something really funny right now, but I'm not really in the business <laughs> of trying to get in trouble, so that's fine. But um, the one thing that bugs me with the, with the women's war game match... Not not just because EO is the fourth member for Rhea's team, or uh, Shotzi's team, sorry. Because they could have played it up as a surprise. Who knows? It could have been Charlotte. It could have been the, it could have been a, a many amounts of people. Let's what talk time? about let's talk about something more interesting. How about the WWE taking up the top five in the women's PIW or PWI uh, top 100? Didn't that come out earlier this week, but since the last time we recorded? I don't remember. It did. Sure. Wasn't Bailey number one? Bailey, Becky. I, I think Bailey was number one. Bailey, Becky. 
Asuka, Bailey, Becky, Asuka, Charlotte, um, Sasha. That was the top five. Yeah, Sasha's a little low, but Nia, it's cool that... Where do you think Nia Jax was? She, she should have been top two. AJ? If, if you say sixth, I'm going to be a little skeptical, but top ten sounds good, because... I know, I know. Andrew said it many a times, but uh, for is, some reason, this is not a joke. In... She was 69th. Nice. No, but that I... no, but that's how low on the list she was. I couldn't believe it. Oh. Yeah, I can't find 68 better women's characters than than Big Fine. All right, just yeah. thought I'd throw it out. There. But but I I know Andrew said it, but with Baszler they're making Nia enjoyable mm-hmm. where, where you know the whole putting Lana through a table thing where it's like yeah welcome to Team Raw psych put you through the table a ninth <laughs> time in a row and stuff like that they actually make her enjoyable to watch but we're not talking main Ross we're not talking Raw Smackdown NXT they could have had like a bunch of different people be like the surprise fourth for Shotzi's team where you know you could do that little rub where, you know, Rhea's on the team, Charlotte can join in. You know, it's like, yeah, we had a great match at Mania. Let's, uh, I'll, I'll return the favor and help you guys out or something like that. I know there's a probably saving Charlotte for the Royal Rumble, but am I the only motherfucker that realizes that everyone knows where Shotzi's garage is for some reason? Is that a yeah. euphemism? That is not a euphemism. As much as I love Shotzi's Blackheart, that's not a euphemism. I, it's weird because this the women's match seems so thrown together, and Tony Storm as a heel, I have no idea how that's going to work. What wrestling, what male wrestling fan is going to legitimately boo Tony Storm? I mean, if you have something pressed against that cage, I don't think anybody. I don't well, think she's that go. good. See? See I don't you. think she's that good in the ring. Well, we're gonna find out. No, I no, I, I no, I don't think she's that good in the ring. No, I'm not oh, like oh, saying oh. I'm not saying like I don't think she's gonna be that good in the ring. Like, no, I don't think she's good in the ring. Well, I mean, she's number one. She's very, very young, so she's got time to mature. But she has star power. You know, she has a star quality about her. You know, it just is what it is. People want to cheer her. I don't know how this heel thing is gonna come about. The match. They got enough good workers in there where the match should be passable. Plus, it's war games. You know, it's not going to be Luthez versus fucking Ray Stevens. Like, we know that going in. It's war games. So, the match will be okay. And I'm sure they'll tell a good story. And, you know, you got to give NXT the benefit of the doubt when it comes to pay-per-views. Even though I'm not, like, super jacked for this pay-per-view. But it's still NXT. And they put on good pay-per-views. And I completely agree because the Leon, the triple threat for the North American title with Leon Ruff, Gargano, and Priest. I mean, as you said, Andrew's Andrew's only skeptical because he we watched him in ROH where oh, he was punishment, punishment Martinez, Martinez, yeah, and all that, and then out of nowhere it was just like kind of fell short. Where he's got the look, he can wrestle. I think one of Andrew's main things that is also one of my main things about him is he relies way too much on that fandom of the outsiders. What do you he's, mean? 
he's got the Nash tassel pants. He comes out with the, uh, the blood, uh, the blood okay. drip jacket. He and he uses the Outsider's Edge, Razor's Edge, what, however you want to remember Scott Hall. But he he dips a little too deep into the uh, Outsider's well a little bit. Everybody bites everybody, exactly. but he he's well, nothing's original anymore. Yeah. And I mean, the last, you know, two or three months, I feel like he's kind of coming to his own. You know, he's a lot more comfortable on the mic than I remember him being. And he's a lot more believable. And it's just weird seeing him out here catching a fair one with Johnny Cleveland, which is like, who's like a foot shorter than he is. That's just weird to me. Eh, I mean, we, we, we've all seen, like you said, the one, two, three. Sorry, because we can't use my... My trivia song, <laughs> the the lightning kid. No, you don't get three. You only get two. Two. But, but let's just say Sean Waltman and keep it moving. Sean Waltman, you know, <laughs> as you said before, one moonsault later, he becomes the one, two, three kid because he upsets Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. So everyone likes the the David versus Goliath thing in wrestling so that's one of those David versus Goliath because we know Gargano can go we know Priest can go and Leon Ruff I think he's they just got kinda put something it, he's, he's, he's got something out. he's trying to figure it out still he's got something but it's just he was kind of put in there for comedic effect yeah yeah which doesn't Where help he, he he's right place wrong time which I can see the the finish on Sunday being some kind of goofy shit where they all three of them collide into each other or something, and a unconsciously our Ruff just falls on Johnny Gargano and gets the win, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like they do a triple I... coconut spot, and then out of nowhere, Leon Ruff <laughs> just falls on top of Damian Priest or one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that happening. But yeah, and then what? Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. How many cliche matches do they have to have? They had the blindfold match in NXT 13. on television on Wednesday. Now, now they have the strap match. What's this one? Th this one's a strap match. Oh. So what's oh. So, so what's next? We have to hit all four corners next time for this next one, or or, or how are we doing this? We'll like, have a um. We'll have a picture match. So Dexter Loomis will draw a picture. And you have to drag your opponent to all four corners, holding the picture, and that's how you win it. That's stupid. see, I'm I'm expecting more of a, a Russo pole match here. You know, we, we we got like Cameron Grimes top hat on. A pole what was match. your What was your idea for a fucking match? Say it again and think about how stupid it is. That's why I'm saying it's like we already had. No, I'm talking to Platt. No, I'm talking to Platt right now. Uh, Tell me your idea for I a match again. Tell me your picture match idea again. Tell me how great that is. I know how ridiculous that shit sound. I knew how ridiculous it sound when I was saying it, man. First you have to go to a corner and draw a picture. <laughs> and then you have to carry the picture and your opponent to each corner. Like, what does your picture have to like how important is drawing the picture? Like, tell me about it. The the, the picture would have already been drawn, motherfucker, because he no. likes to draw. You he said you have to go to the, the corner picture. and draw a picture. <laughs> see, see, just make it a painting match. First person to get dipped in paint and then put back into the no, ring. No, you're missing the because point. Because it's already a canvas. We need to make well, this work. Paint and 
Platt's in charge. Platt's in charge. AJ. No, this is better like this. The story plays out better like this. AJ. Platt's in charge and he just left, but before he left, he said, We gotta have a picture match where you go to the corner and draw a picture. And you and I are sitting here trying to figure out how to have a draw picture in the corner match. Can you all not hear me again? No, this is no, great. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was funny, though. I firmly believe in pop yourself first. <laughs> Go to the first corner. All right, what are we supposed to draw? Whatever you feel like. God damn it. <laughs> Any other thoughts on NXT or anything else in the wrestling world before we get up out of here? No, I just really want to play Pictionary right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestling Pictionary. <laughs> oh, by the way, Tony, you might dig this, man. This was my latest uh, purchase. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it on the screen? Oh, yeah, there you go. Nice. Then let me know how that reads. Tell I, I will. Yeah, it's tell everybody a, for those got, that don't yeah. know, it's called the, the Towel of Bill Murray. So it's basically just a bunch of stories about crazy shit that Bill Murray has done. And, I mean, who doesn't love Bill Murray? So I'm looking forward to it. I haven't cracked it open yet, but I'm looking forward to doing so. Let's go pick that up wherever books are sold. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't top that. I'd, I'd probably get that book myself, but uh, I think I think we're all nope. out of alcohol nope. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 this is my part, kid. Don't worry about it. I'll take you home. <laughs> oh. so, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to the professional. All jokes aside, though, AJ, man, it's been a pleasure chopping it up with you, man. I've had a great time. Thank you for filling in for your brother. Seriously, I really do appreciate it. And just to show my appreciation, I'm, we're going to let you go first, man. Why don't you let good folks know where they can find you? And I appreciate that. So you can find me on the Twitter machine at IWC Warch. Wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at PhenomenalAJB, AJB in all caps. You can also find me on thechairshot.com, as I already joked about earlier. I'm the NWA guy. I cover NWA, United Wrestling Network, UWN. I know they're on their holiday hiatus, so they're not going to come back until next year. But I'm still covering all of that. I know NWA has had Shockwave on their YouTube, where they're showing matches from Primetime Live for UWN on their YouTube page, Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. So you might see me revise some of my uh, reviews and whatnot on there again thanks for coming on man we really do appreciate it I, I wish my sound would have been a little bit better but situations and circumstances and we'll have you back on Tony where can they find you sir you can find me all over the chairshot.com you can find me at PC Tony on the Twitter and I want to let everybody know that there's more holiday fun and hijinks coming your way uh, we got holiday episodes from Pod is War, DWI Podcast, Bandwagon Nerds, Three Man Weave, everything else that's going on over there at thechairshot.com. And, gentlemen, I've just been informed today, and I'm sure you both would be more than welcome as guests, that the annual Swaggy Awards will be happening again with Big Dave, hey. Attitude of Aggression. So I will both keep you in the loop. Until then... Everybody enjoy your St. Nick. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. 
as we march our way through the holiday season here. I wish everybody, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a hot plate of wonderful food, a nice uh, adult toasty beverage if that's applicable to you, and some good company. Here, here, and I'm sure you don't have to keep me abreast of the swaggies. I can guarantee I'm gonna get a DM from Big Dave from Attitude of Progression about that. So check your local listings, folks. You all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Plat, but more importantly, I say it day in and day out, and I'm gonna continue to say it. If you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at the Chair Shot, do us a favor. Show us some love. It's the holiday season. You're spending all types of money on shit that you don't care about for people you don't give a shit about. You care about us because you're listening to this. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt to make sure that we can keep providing that content day in and day out that you love so much. Tis the season. Please and thank you, thank you, and please. TheChairShot.com. Remember, we're not just a website, folks. We're a movement. Thank you for the younger, more virile Belaz, a.k.a. AJ, a.k.a. Bob, a.k.a. Adam for filling in for his brother. We really do appreciate it. I've had a ball with you. We got to bring you back on the show. For the younger Belaz, for the Commissioner PC Tunney, I'm Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt, even though you couldn't tell through this bullshit-ass microphone I got, but that's neither here nor there. Thank you all for tuning in to the latest edition of Bodice War. We'll see you back here next week, same Platt time, same Platt channel. Until then, shalom. Hit it, Carly. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. The
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.